Welcome back, B-Fam. This is the Bodies by Brent podcast. I'm your host, Brent Ruska. This is the podcast that helps you get the fitness, health, and lifestyle you desire. On this episode, we have that sex chick, Alexa, back on the podcast. She went viral on the last podcast. Almost a million views on TikTok. She is crushing it. She is a wealth of information. We compile all of the different questions she gets asked on a daily basis, and we answer the top ones. We also have a really groovy, flowy conversation, which I think is super fun. It's fun podcasting and getting more into this and just having natural flowing conversations. It's just two people hanging out and I really admire Alexa and it just flows really well. In this episode, we cover why you need to be down with your partner. How to find a partner you fight well with is imperative for success in your relationship. What it takes to build true community, right? We talk about this word community all the time, but what does it take in these groups to actually build real community? People you can truly lean on and get support, have watch your kids, have your back. Also, how to approach your partner when wanting to explore insects and why good communication is the key to good sex. And so much more because, hey, it's that sex chick, right? Guys, this is a passion project, and I really appreciate you being here. Please like, follow, subscribe, leave a five-star review. That's how we grow. And please share this with somebody you think will benefit from it. This is an extension of me being a personal trainer. It is my passion. It is my goal. It is my vision to be a podcaster for the next 10-plus years. So thank you so much for being here, and let's just dive into this episode. All right, Alexa. Okay. Welcome to the podcast. I'm back. She's back. Tell me about what's been going on since I last saw you. You went viral. (laughs) 10,000 new email followers, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah? And you have all these different projects going on and you're managing a lot. I wanted to hear all about what you got going on because it's inspiring to me. You know, I wish, you know, I want to be more creative and you know, figure out how to create more things. And it seems like you've got it kind of figured out. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it's it's going. It's going. Yeah. 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 So, wow. Where to start with that? Women's group. Let's talk about that. Well, I mean, I definitely, I, so I do have that tonight because yeah. we're recording on a Thursday and every Thursday I have women's group, but yeah. So I had this, this playful goal whenever I came in to record with you last time yeah. where I was like, you know, TikTok and I just started playing around with it uh-huh. and I was like that's my that's my dream I want to be TikTok famous and I was <laughs> joking about it yeah. and then a clip of me on your show goes viral on your TikTok and I was like I need to be clear with the universe about this <laughs> manifestation thing yeah. <laughs> like I didn't realize that I needed to be specific yeah yeah but I received so much amazing outreach and additional connections from that yeah it it kind of blew me away Mm -hmm. um it directly affected uh the my instagram followers at the time and directly affected our email list at the time and it did in i don't really have adjectives to describe it i want to say i want to just say beautiful Mm. way because it was people who would have never found me otherwise and bodies by brenna's all kinds of subject matter it's not just sexual wealth and sexual health health and um, say sexual wealth. I like that. Sexual. That's that was a combination of sexual wellness and sexual health. I like makes that. Makes sexual wealth. That's that's something. Yeah. Yeah. So they wouldn't have found me. They wouldn't have found me otherwise. And 
I feel so excited and so blessed that I have an opportunity to play a role in their sex lives and in their intimacy and yeah. in their love growing because all of those emails and the eyes were because of the want, will won't list, which is one of our freebie checklists that you can yeah. get online. Well, what are, what are the things you've been offering since we last talked, you know, the things you've been really honing in and teaching? Yeah. So I think the, I can't remember if when I saw you last time I had gone to Peru. Mm -hmm. Had I, I gone to Peru? I saw that you went, but I haven't talked to you or seen you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of a lot of perspective after a trip like that. So I, tell me what yeah, what was the trip intention and who did you go with? Yeah, I went I went by myself, but I went with one of my best friends, one right. of my maids of honor. I had two. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> really close with my girlfriends. Yeah. Um, so my one of my best friends, Taylor, she basically enrolled me in going and okay. both of us are on similar timelines as far as marriage and family and all of that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, when she pitched me, it was like, do you want to come do this thing? I'm, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to go do it. And in my mind, I was like, yeah, that would be a really great experience to just go decompress and have some really intimate, intentional time with myself before embarking on motherhood which is the next big grand adventure for my husband and I. Got it. So we went and that was, by the time I actually made it to the trip, I was panicking. Like I have so much going on. I can't possibly do this, but I put the trip on the schedule so that I didn't have a choice. Yeah. I had to slow down. I mean, you know, when, when I'm trying to schedule, I'm like, nope, I got this thing at that time. Nope, I got this thing at that time. I, I know how to make it count. I make life count for sure. Yeah, you do great. So I, so I, I went to Peru and had to put it all down, mm -hmm. and uh, turned down the noise of the outside world, so I could actually hear myself and hear my yeah. heart and hear what the universe, God, is trying to tell me. Yeah. And a lot of it was slow your roll, but with that's hard. So came back from Peru. We we hiked one one and a half days the Inca Trail, went to Machu Picchu. We did one medicine journey plant medicine journey. Yeah. Um, so we did uh, Wachuma San Pedro for one day, which okay. was so fun. Yeah. 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 I was so nervous. I'm afraid of any substance making me want to throw up. I'm, I have like a, I will do anything other than throw up. So anything that's, you have to take this sludge and drink it and then probably puke. And then you have the time of your life. I go, no, thanks. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. Like I, if, yeah. unless I, yeah. So I didn't, I drank it and I surrendered and, uh, it did, actually didn't make me sick. And while other people looked like they were getting their asses handed to them, that's something that my grandmother would often say, yeah. get your ass handed to you. Um, they were having a time. I was like, I was just appreciating the cosmic joke of it all. Wow. Like a bunch of mostly white people in Peru in the sacred Valley drinking, uh, you know, a, a, a plant that is not indigenous to where we come from while we listen to chanting and mantras in languages that we don't understand. And like this person's writhing over here and this person's crying and this person's purging. And I'm just, it was hilarious for 14 hours. <laughs> it was that long. Yeah. That long. Even just talking about it, my insides kind of feel like, like it remembers what that was like. Cause it has like a very unique taste and for sure. Yeah. It was, um, weird and awesome. Have you had it? I've, I've done ayahuasca, but I've never done Wachuma. Yeah. I don't, I don't know the, really the difference. Is Wachuma, you're saying it was uh, a cactus? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's a it's a little bit different, maybe more quote unquote masculine. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know enough to I've heard speak it, on it at all. They called it the grandfather. Right? Okay, they call interesting. Aya, the grandmother. The grandmother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Something. What, like what that. did you walk away? Is that where you got the message of slowing down in that ceremony, a or just of, the trip? Play. Yeah. It was play more. Yeah. It was like I'm creating this incredible life. I have to force myself to get on a plane to do this grand adventure. And and I understand how privileged that sounds. And that is that I was able to even go and do that, drop myself off into South America, make my way into the most, it was like the vulva of planet earth is what it looked like. Like the way the mountains were, it was yeah. like where earth, it was like creation, yeah. just like looking around with the flowers and the hummingbirds and the butterflies and these mountains and everyone is so sweet and amazing. And I'm sitting there and I'm yeah. like, you need to enjoy your life, you know? Yeah, be very so, grateful. And be very grateful for sure. So a lot of that was that that we did that before we wound up doing the hike that was like a day and a half hike. Yeah, how so. was the hike for you? Uh for me, I mean it was great. Yeah. I loved it. I had never I had never been. I mean, we had our packs on us. You're like ten thousand feet up. You're high up, right? Really high. And you did well. Yeah. That's awesome. I made it. I was, yeah, it, it was, it was a lot of fun for sure. And the group that I was with was very diverse. Yeah. So I think Taylor and I were probably Diver the youngest. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're the youngest, um, outside of one of the other attendees having her, her 14 year old son there. Wow. So yeah, it was just really special and quirky and unique. And I'm so glad that I did it because it felt like bonding with my friend and I, but for sure we were both there on a mission to get a message on our own. Yep. So yeah, and I brought that home. More play. Yeah. More enjoyment. Okay, so what are some and of the so things now. you're creating now? I'm excited. Yeah, for sure. The the on one of the last days when I finally let myself even dream and imaginate on work things, mm -hmm. we started uh, well, I sat down with Google Docs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Console. Yeah. Yeah. And I just float out, you know, some of the things that I thought we were missing. Okay. And uh, and some of the things that we'd been missing in our in our business and our company has been in-person things. Yeah. You know, so we do a lot of virtual. And that was great when the pandemic started because everyone that was how they were able to get their human connection. Yep. And it had it had been since um around like before COVID even came onto the scene was yeah. the last time we hosted anything in person. Okay. And I hadn't been feeling the the call or the pull, even though I wasn't super concerned with hosting an event, even, you know, at certain times throughout the COVID thing. Um, but I just hadn't been feeling a draw and I for sure wanted to make them profitable and make them worth our time and attention. And so I flowed out how that could look for us at the place that we were in at that time. So this was like February, March, maybe, and came back. And since we've been back, we've hosted a couple's retreat. We have two um, women's retreats that are coming up. Jordan, my husband, has a men's retreat. But the location is so cool. Um, and then we have a facilitator training. So I came back and everyone was so inspired that we went to work and we sold out the first three that I mentioned, the couples retreat and the two women's retreats, each time we opened and said, we're going to do this thing, who wants in? Yeah. We, we sold it within a week or a yeah. week and a half. So that was amazing to see that people yeah. want to come play with us and learn from us. 
um, in person. So we've had all this buildup on social media and emails and people in the podcast, because we have a podcast too. Uh, and so it just felt really special to start the process of getting to be with our people in person. So that's rad. Yeah. That and was I, one of the biggest women's retreats and men's retreats are becoming more and more popular. Yeah. And I see more and more women's and men's groups in general. What would you say the benefits are of these groups or creating your own group to connect with women? I mean, what's the benefit you receive? And then a secondary question would be in your women's retreats, what are some of the fundamentals you like people to walk away with? Yeah. So, in my, yeah, there's two separate. There's my personal life and how I leverage the power of the women that I hold close and dear to my heart. Yeah. So, and and allow into my life. That's a very vulnerable thing to do is to let other people outside of, you know, immediate family members. And mm -hmm. I mentioned before we started recording that I, I live here. My best friends now live here. We're developing and forging community. All of us live in a location where none of us have family. None of us have blood family. Yeah. So someone, it's all fun and games when we're single, you know, like, well, I say single, single, or we're partnered, engaged, married, because that's been all of the the process up to this point. And now babies are starting to come into our friend group. Yeah. And we're realizing what, what life would have looked like if we would have chosen to stay where our blood family is. Like I was raised by my grandparents while my mom, my single mom, it was in the military and was often away at work or she was out of the country or she was somewhere on a base once a month um, in the Air Force in, in the US. And so I was raised in a lot of ways by community, but that wasn't chosen community. Mm -hmm. That was by default in South Louisiana yeah. and my grandparents. I spent a lot of time with my grandparents, but none of those people are here. You know, my sister, my nieces, all the family that would watch my kid if I needed them to yeah. are not here. But who's the type of person that just at the drop of a hat, you call them and you say, hey, my world is exploding around me and I need you to take the baby or I need you to take my kids or can you come over? A casual friend that you like to go get drinks with every now and then might not be that reliable. So, you know, when you ask that question, I think about my immediate girlfriends and the take the stance that we've taken in going deeper into our relationships and our bonds is we want, we literally want to give meaning to you are my chosen family, hmm. meaning you act like family does, that you, you sit next to me while I cry my eyes out about something that makes no fucking sense, but you just hold me in that, or you come when world is imploding or exploding, whatever, and, and it's on fire and I need you to can you come clean my house or I'm having a nervous breakdown or, or I'm celebrating. You're the first person I tell that I have this win go on in my life. Yeah. You know, before I even tell anybody else in my life, I tell you. And so, um, that's, that's been really powerful for me and for sure, very triggering in a lot of ways when I first came to Austin and decided this was the type of friendships and community that I wanted mm -hmm. because there's the fun side and then you start to know people's shit and then like, it's not so fun, but then you're opting in over and over again. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we call it uh, rock bottom conversations that I'm willing to risk our relationship so that I don't withhold things so yeah. that I don't resent. Um, so that's, that's definitely been a lot of learning and has helped my romantic relationship, my intimate relationships um, for sure. You know, my one with my husband. So how do you go about, having those conversations how do you go about structuring to create this depth with each other 
my friends and I meet every six months. We typically at a different location, either somewhere just outside of anybody's home, unless we have to have it at somebody's home. But we reevaluate every six months and we have another Google sheet uh, that has our ethos that we've come together over the, la the first year we were together was what are what's really important to us and what do we think makes us special mm -hmm. to each other and makes our group special. And this is all of us, not just the women. This is the men and the women. Mm -hmm. And we have it written down and we revisit it and we say, is this still true? And is there anything that needs to be adjusted? Do you want to add anything? And each person and each couple, because at this point it's all couples, recommits to friendship. And we have a list of commitments what we are committed to showing up for in each other's lives. So if somebody has like, there's different categories of how we want, how we would, and we've agreed to this, how we want for each other to show up. Hmm. So we've set, we've set some boundaries around the type of friends that we want to be. And so as an example, a birthday, hmm. it's up to the individual to share with the group. If this birthday is particularly special to them, otherwise it's not a requirement that whatever you're doing on your birthday, everybody's got to be in town for it. Hmm. Like me, I'm an August baby. And so Everyone is fucking off in August from Austin because it is a million degrees here. And so I have an opportunity to say, it's okay. We'll do something at a different time for my birthday if that matters to me. Yeah. But someone has a death in the family, in their immediate family. Someone has a baby that's due within a certain length of time. Like there's a, a big, someone's getting married. It's a all hands on deck. We show up for that thing. And so we have even categorized to, and we've only categorized because we've had some hurt feelings. And it's like, once we have kind of an ouch, then we go, okay, well, how do we make that ouch a little bit better? Wow. And then each, every six months we recommit to those agreements and we have an opportunity. Everybody has an opportunity to say, I'd like out, which is a, like a breakup. And that's very sad. And we've had that too. That's awesome. If, do you have like a example spreadsheet? people could have I think it would people, be so know, it would be so good because i understand what you're saying yeah i have no idea how to even begin it's like a friend manifesto that's, that's such a yeah it's such it's very organized and if there was like a very simple <laughs> fill this in it'd be sure great. sure i mean we well, yeah. you know we love checklists if you had one. yeah we love checklists uh that, well, that is, is the same for the men's group is it similar or mm -hmm. do they have a different way of structuring yeah everything? the guys they like to try and one-up us all the time and do oh, yeah? cooler things than we do like what? i don't know like they like games they like to play games they like to go do interesting guy things and but they often will have like a king for each group and they get okay. very boyish and playful with each other and so like someone will have a king it'll be like a burger king hat you yeah. know like something like that granted no one i can't even remember the last time i even looked at a burger king but it's but you know what i'm talking about like yeah. the crown right yeah. and so like somebody will be the king and that will be the person that leads something for everyone that chooses the topic that they're going to get into hmm. um and then i think on their side, you know the first rule of fight club is you don't talk about fight club so they don't don't really talk about it that much got it they do and they don't, but they, um, there's this exercise where let's say it's a group of friends and the, the prompt is shared with the group. What is what I am most challenged by right now is, mm -hmm. or what I'm most stressed or what's causing me the most tension is, mm -hmm. and you fill in the blank. And on a scale from one to 10, what number are you 
with regards to how challenged you are by this thing or how stressed you are by this thing. Hmm. And so let's say I had a, an issue in my relationship and we have some conflict and I say, well, I got in an argument with Jordan and that's really weighing on me and it's a uh, 6.5. And then someone else says whatever they have going on and they say a seven. And then another person says, oh, I'm about a nine. Okay, well, the nine is now the center of the attention. Yeah. And all of the all of the friends go, great, here's your spot. Let's talk about it. Let's open it up. Let's see how we can collaborate on how to have this not be a nine for you anymore. How can we alleviate some of the challenge? So I know that they do variations of that. We've done big group like that. And we're all fucking in personal development and facilitators. And so this yeah. stuff comes yeah, yeah. like we've trained in it. We live in, you know, Jordan and I live and breathe this stuff. And so, you know, the, for the women's side, we do that there. We do variations of that too. What are so. some other questions you like to throw out in a group? Uh, I mean, we go through like the classics, what's most present. Uh, what are you challenged by? Could be, what are you celebrating? What, Sometimes it was, okay, you've got a couple minutes, brag on yourself, or it's just like whatever you're feeling yourself over, you know, yeah, brag yeah, on yeah. yourself. So, and then, you know, what are the, what are the areas that you'd like to grow in? Yeah. Typical things like that. Um, those are good. Yeah. Those are pretty good. I was just thinking, oh, and we do the kind of the classic rosebud thorn. Okay. So have you done rosebud no. thorn? So what is something that's kind of ouch? Like a little, that would be like the tension mm. or the, the struggle a little bit. And so what's a thorn in your life right now? A thorn is the 170 degree, uh, sunshine outside. Okay. So what is a bud? A bud would be like something. a thing that's blossoming or something that's, it's got potential. It's like in the middle. You're not quite sure it could go either here or that this way or that way, but it might be good. Um, yeah. Relationship. Yeah. Oh, and then what is the rose fully blossomed? It's one of the most exciting things that you have going on right now. A thing that you're really proud of. It's fully bloomed or blossomed. You've seen something realized. New business opportunity in a new space. Training. Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. Great. So we do that one. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Where it's like, what's a little something that's like a sore subject? What's something that you're not quite sure? Maybe it's going to be a bud. Maybe it's going to be a thorn. I mean, maybe it's going to be rose, maybe it's going to be thorn, and then the rose. So That's awesome. Yeah. You were telling me before we started recording, there's things that are best discussed with women, for women, when you're in a relationship, yeah. and men with men. Yeah. What are some of those things? Uh, well. Because I think a lot of couples or individuals go to their partner for everything. Yeah. Right? And you, you're a big proponent of, you know, they can't be your everything. Right. right? right. And right. I think in the last podcast, you talked about how the stronger your friendships are, the stronger your relationship is, right? The more you have yeah. community and people to go to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So <clears throat> I hear Jordan say, say it pretty regularly. Your partner's not your therapist. I know he, when he's talking to his guys, it's like, don't, necessarily cry to your partner about every little thing that's going on and that doesn't mean don't share with the person that you've chosen to do life with mm -hmm. of course you share you know mostly everything but let's say like Jordan and I get into some kind of conflict and I go to women's group and when it's my turn to share so it's you know what's alive for you today or like what's most present and and or it's my check-in time and it's like what have I been up to for the last week and, and a part of that 
is I'm going to them and I've chosen intentionally, I've chosen friends that are in favor of my relationship, not me. They're in there. So they don't take sides. It's not Jordan's side or my side. It's re the relationship side. So when I share with them, I trust them to be able to lay it exactly as it is with my feelings and they can receive it and then put perspective, give me perspective. Yeah. I refuse to have people in my life that talk down on my husband, the person that I have chosen to do my life with, that I'm making a family with. It is absolutely not okay to, to uh, like be in my space and talk ill of this person. And so I've chosen friends that won't go, Oh, that's such a dick. He's so this and that. And yeah, I totally feel you. It's not like that. It's okay. I can understand. I can feel you. I can hear you. I can see you all those things. And what else is going on? What could be happening on, you know, what could be happening for him? And then they can help me decide how I want to approach it next. Yeah. So they're, I believe that their heart, their consciousness, the collective of people who love our relationship more than anything and us together more than anything are going to help me collaborate on what's best beyond what I can see. So like I can only see through my lens, my traumas, triggers, all that. I can only see what I can see. Yeah. Yeah. And it can feel like that reality is so real, right? Yeah. And oh, you yeah. get some different perspectives and you're like, whoa, I have a lot of blind spots. Yes, I mean, exactly. I've had that happen many times and I'm like, wow. I really need to be adv yeah. getting advice from other people because yeah. you can really get so set in thinking you see something one way. Yeah. Well, I get my friends, they go, are you open to reflection? And I like steal. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, reflections. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, all right, like, shake it off, open it, remove the, you know, the steel, soften it up. I'm like, all right, hit me. Yeah. You know, and that, and that's, then I go back to, into my intimate relationship and I go, you know what? I've considered this and this is how I'm choosing to move forward. I'm choosing to meet you. Uh, and ultimately, no matter what, whether it's in friendships or intimate relationships, the person, you know, and I get this from one of our mentors. Um, her name's Annie Lala and she'd be amazing to have on the show. She's so incredible. Yeah. But she, um, she always says the first person back to love wins. Wow. So who's back to love first? Cause you're the one that wins and it's very playful and it's light. So, you know, Jordan and I, I might, I'm the more serious one of the two of us. He's mm -hmm. definitely the more playful one. And so he'll be like, I'm going to beat you. I'm on my way. And I'm like, fuck, <laughs> fuck, okay, okay. Because like, it doesn't really do us any good yeah. to wallow, to no. have our feelings be mm -hmm. felt. Absolutely. We encourage that. But like, if you've been feeling them for like five minutes too long, 10 minutes too long, it's okay, come back. Love's over here. It's over here. Come over here. Yeah. Do you have a way of, you know, communicating hard feelings or thoughts with each other? Mm -hmm. Like a, uh, you know, a strategy. Like a or... checklist. Oh, yeah. A checklist. Perfect. <laughs> no. Lay it on me. <laughs> Google Doc? <laughs> I don't know. A PDF. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a checklist for that. I'm just no. always curious yeah. how couples in relationships, you know, they create space or how they engage yeah. with each other to express things that are difficult. You know, should I share these things? Should I not share these things? And I'm curious how you do it. Yeah, well, it's kind of like why it, it it's similar to why I meet with the closest women in my life every week, mm -hmm. because it's that touch point weekly where we have an opportunity to yeah. not just share what's going on in our individual lives, but to also share unsaids, withholds, 
So something you're doing is causing this reaction in me. It was subtle at first. Now I'm noticing it's starting to paint like my vision of you or my picture of you. It's starting to affect how I'm communicating with you. So it's a withhold. I'm withholding and something's brewing essentially. And so, you know, when we meet every week, it's, I mean, and sometimes we don't necessarily say, does anybody have withholds? But every so often there's a withhold. And so like tonight, that's going to be a subject or that's going to be one of the topics. And it's going to be who's holding on to something so we can share it. That way it's not festering under the surface, creating disease in our relationships. Um, and so that's that's similar with Jordan and I. And I do have I do have a thing for this, actually. Yeah. Tell I don't me. I don't know if I mentioned it on on the last show, but What's it's the, the relationship check in. No. A relationship board meeting. No. So well, fun. I didn't share it all on the last one. Yeah. So it's a weekly check-in. Okay. So, I mean, for for couples that wind up feeling like they're just existing with their partner. Yeah. And they're around each other a lot, but they're not really with each other that much. And they feel one of the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse to relationships, and this is from the Gottman Institute, is uh, criticism, defensiveness, contempt, and there's one Stonewalling. more. Stonewalling. Stonewalling. Got it. Stonewalling. How'd you remember that? I was looking it up the other day. Yeah. 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 Cause, so because it's like what? If these are present, 95% chance the relationship's game over. Yeah, especially contempt. Contempt. Because it's like reverse. It's uh, I think it's described as I have contempt over you because I'm disgusted with myself for choosing you. Wow. It's something like that, where I'm just like, how could you be so dumb? How could you do things this way? Like, but in a weird way, I'm, 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 um, placing myself into a state of self-loathing Wow! because of the things that my person has done. Like even just talking about it feels icky. Yeah. Right. And then crit- criticism is, um, well, how about you do it this way? Or I don't understand what do it. You know, like you're criticizing everything. Like, why are you wearing your shirt like that? And, yep. um, and then defensiveness is just like constantly trying to be on the defense and being in a victim place. And so in order to avoid these things, you got to speak to each other on a much deeper level than what's surface, like need to pick up and drop off time for the kids or who's going to make dinner or whatever that conversation, those surface level conversations, logistical conversations look like. Yeah, It's what is, what's really moving you right now. It's like, know what's going on under, you know, inside of your partner. And so sometimes that create that you need to create a time for that. Mm-hmm. And so we made, um, a relationship check-in guide. So if you go to sexandlove.co, mm-hmm. the freebie that's all over the site is the relationship track check-in guide. And it basically says, why not treat your relationship as, um, I think it says something to the effect of treat your relationship like some pri- the priority it should be or something about business. I don't know. I can't even remember. It says some some fun, catchy thing yeah, that yeah. says, here, go here. Yeah. And it basically guides you through sitting and dropping in with your significant other. And it has questions to ask so that you don't have to come up with them. And through that process, through the check-in, you find out what your partner's actually experiencing, how they're really feeling, and it gives you an opportunity. Like a, there's a there's a start and an end, so you know we're not going to be here forever. 
Yeah. We're going to go through these questions. We're going to look at our calendars. We're going to put some logistical things in place. And then we're going to look at our intimacy and our sex. And we're going to look at that together. Are we, how are we feeling about that? How are we feeling with our connection to each other? Do we need a date night? Do we need some kind of exploration, an adventure? Do we need some cuddles by the TV? What it, you know, and it, that gives you an opportunity to lay those things out and speak. So that's, I would say, doing them intentionally, having the conversations regularly and intentionally is best because otherwise, otherwise some of the unsaids or the withholds, because that's a time for you to do that too. And if you're doing it week by week, what are you holding on to? Like, what are you really holding on to? Yeah. You know, some people are holding on to shit from years past. Yep. It's like, hang on, every now and then you blow up probably something hormonally or in the stars or the moon and Mercury's and retrograde or some shit. Yeah. And you're just like, I can't hold it anymore. And you explode. Yep. And that's not a productive conversation when you're in the middle of like doing something and just could, you couldn't hold it in anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, that's a big missing piece is creating space to be able to ask these questions. Cause it can be hard if somebody's feeling something and you're like trying to figure out when do I even bring this up? And then you don't. And then yeah, someone yeah. explodes on each other and then, then Everyone's confused. Right. And that stuff bleeds into yeah. other relationships. So if you give it its little container and you can just relax and know we have a check-in every Sunday, I know I'm going to have an opportunity to say what I really want to say. And I'm going to have an opportunity to hear what's going on. And that can be kind of challenging because sometimes people are partnered with someone that's not very open. Yeah. But that's how you get them to start opening. Yeah. Creating the space. Yeah. So they feel safe. Mm-hmm. What have you, if you're willing to share, been exploring in your relationship or topics around sex that you've been kind of exploring more since we last talked? Well, the type of sex that is, I would say, the newest for me, mm -hmm. and I have not been very public about it, and I'm public about pretty much everything. Yeah. When it comes to sex, for sure, I'm public with just... So much of our content is based off of our real lived experiences, whether it's mine or somebody else on the team. But it's a unique and new experience to have sex hoping to make a baby. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Which sounds like, oh, yeah, well, I just thought she was going to say something cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. It you know? is cool. I've lived my whole life yeah. avoiding this thing. Yeah. So there's stuff that comes up when yeah. with... I'm not going to avoid this. I actually want this thing. And that brings up a whole other set of stuff to manage and, and what deal have, with. What have you been experiencing? I mean, it's new. Mm. So really, it's, it's some of the hesitation. Yeah. It's some of the hesitation of like, is this okay? Yeah, are yeah. we ready? What do we, yeah. what if it works? What if it doesn't work? You know, what, what, do, what do we do? Yeah. So how did you decide that this is what you want? So I, you mean at this point, point in time or mm -hmm. in general? Yeah. yeah. How did you decide that we, you want to create a life with your partner? I mean, I knew I was anti-conventional for all of my 20s. Mm -hmm. And I met Jordan right before I turned 30, I think. And so and I'll be 34 very soon. So. Actually, did I meet him? I met him. Maybe I met him at 29, early in 29. But anyway, um, so I told my mom and my family and my friends and everybody at the time, don't expect children. Don't expect any of that stuff from me. I'm not doing that. I like made it public. I wrote about it. I would write about it. 
I just say, this isn't for me. I'm a voice for the unconventional, rah, rah, rah. Right before I met Jordan, I had a DMT experience that wasn't very pleasant. And uh, What was not pleasant about it? Just it was good, like, dark. Yeah. It was just dark and DMT weird. Yeah. It was dark and weird. It was not, I didn't die and go into the universe and turn into a rainbow and then a unicorn and love my life and feel all the oneness. I, I think, I think my, I told myself I was ready to do something that powerful. And then my body kind of tried to reject it. And so it was very uncomfortable. Yeah. That's scary. Um, yeah, it was, and I was in a very safe environment and location with someone that I trusted and all that. And yeah. so, but the thing was that I got exactly what I needed at the time, of course. And, um, I wound up with, I wound up going in feeling very sure of myself and very on purpose and very in love with life and what I was creating. And then I left realizing that so much of it was a show and so much of what I thought was right and true for me was being crafted based off of fear for just fear. Yeah. And it opened up after that DMT trip. And I, well, I did that in Jamaica and then went home back to New Orleans at the time. And it was like, it just ripped off a bandaid for emotions. Like I was, I always kind of prided myself as the Leo I am as like, I've got my shit together and I'm fiery and I'm bold and I'm directive. And yeah. I've got my emotions under control, a lot of kind of spiritual bypassy type stuff at that time yeah. where I'm like, I can just choose joy. Yeah. Like, look at you sad over there. You could be happy. You just got to choose it. I just release it. Yeah. 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 Just like take a, take a breath and yeah. exhale bullshit and carry on. And that, that experience was like, it was like all of your bottled emotions were just going to flip the lid off. And wow. I was just in grief and sadness. And I was just in, in the kitchen. I just on my knees crying and snotty. And like, it's just so much emotion. Yeah. And then one of the big things that came out of it was I want, I, I want to believe and I want to act as if, and what I want in my life is, is, so I'll get kind of granular with it is I believe that I deserve the love that I know is required in order to say yes to marriage and in order to say yes to a family because that person, I deserve that love and that that person will be so wisely chosen, they will never leave their family, which goes back to my father left when I was three. It was like the unraveling was I didn't want to do this because I didn't want to turn into a single mom like my mom was. Yeah. And I didn't want to have to pass my kids off to grandparents all the time. I wanted to be present and it, and I was afraid. I had no model for any of those things. Yeah. And I only understood men leave. And so my mom's been married multiple times and I watched them through while I grew up. They're here for a season and then they go. And so... I had this deep, this fear that I thought I'd resolved. I thought I was good. I was like, I'm choosing to be over this. Yeah. I don't need a dad. I don't, everything's good, you know? And it was in that after that I realized, oh, I do want these things. And I've been afraid because I, I've, I've been afraid that I'm not worthy of actually being a match for that kind of love, or I won't know what to do with it because I've never seen it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's always deep. That's amazing. It's deep. It's really amazing. Yeah. So I, as soon as I, I met Jordan, probably a month after that, 
And I, I knew right away. I was still going through the emotions and the waves and I just closed a relationship with another person uh, within the month or so before that too. And so I was like in this really tender spot. And I remember Jordan sliding in my Facebook messenger uh, with a freestyle rap. Yeah. He's so silly. He's so silly. I saw that one post uh, you guys dropped the other day where he's picking his card. He's so ridiculous. I, I love it. I'm like, this guy is awesome. Yeah, he'd be a great one to have a, a chat with too because he's just, you never know what's going to come out of his mouth. Yeah, I and love that. And it's so sincere and also just like kind of crude sometimes and a little fratty sometimes, but typically it's just playful and real and deep. Yeah, that's cool. And so I knew, I knew this is, this man will never leave his children. As soon as I met him, this man never, he, like everything about him was solid. This is, is solid it. Solid could be. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. The core of who he is. I was like, this is, this is the person. And so, you know, and I used to get mad when people would tell me when I was in my period of time where I was like, no to marriage and no to children. And people would go, Oh, well, you just got to find the right person. I'd go, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. And your projections and you don't know me and yeah. rah, rah, feminist. Um, I don't, I've softened so much since then. Um, which is kind of fascinating cause I'm still pretty hard. Uh, but so recently we decided after a little ketamine session, <laughs> yeah, we were just being really open with each other. That's cool. And, um, I finally got from, from Jordan that he's, that he, he had the, what are we waiting for? I was like, I was waiting for you. Damn. So yeah. Tell me now you're going to create a life and you're creating this family that you were kind of fearful of before but now you're fully embracing it what are your agreements that you've kind of constructed you know your partnership with each other like do you have core agreements that you're willing to share i'm always curious mm -hmm. and you don't have to obviously well yeah of course i mean i wouldn't say we have them necessarily listed anywhere in particular outside of what we have as our commitments with our friends and our friendships yeah, and to yeah. our community mm -hmm. i think a lot of that parallels and is the same for us in our romantic relationship intimate relationship as well we don't have all the answers no no we don't have all the answers so we're embarking on you know to be newlyweds mm -hmm. and then within, you know, by the, the end of our first year of marriage, be considering starting a family. We don't have any codes yet, but we're tracking everything. We're the kind of people that when something works, we write it down somewhere and we're like, okay, let's loop back around. Oh shit. It's new cycle, new season. That doesn't work anymore. So, um, as far as what it'll look like in the future, it's definitely unwritten. With regards to how we operate, I think that there's a few core things that we have agreed to from early on, mm. and that's to have hard conversations up front and as quickly as possible. And we know raising our voices and no calling each other names. Loyalty. There's a lot of like really grounded, earthy type feeling commitments that we've made. And of course, our vows to each other. Our vows are to, to basically be down be a partner that's down, you know, like he's got something that he's excited about and it's, I just know what it feels like for, you know, like I have an exciting idea and someone I care about goes, Oh, you don't want to do that. I said, like, no, I'm telling you all the reasons why I do want to do that. Yeah. So downness <clears throat> and not even just downness and, and exciting things also down to explore sexually mm -hmm. down to explore what our intimacy looks like. 
down to fuck up, down to fuck up because we trust each other enough to put ourselves back together, to put our relationship or any kind of, it's a mild thing that needs to be repaired for the most part. I mean, there's some things that have stung worse than others in our relationship, but there's something really freeing feeling like I'm in partnership with someone that I'm in partnership with. One of the main reasons is because of how we fight because love and play and adventure and it's all not really all that unique, but finding someone you can fight with well, that is the standout thing. How do you guys fight well? The other day we had a bit of a kerfuffle. Ooh, I like that. A kerfuffle. And uh, this just one of our things is travel organization. And <clears throat> he jumps the gun, in my opinion, and I don't give him enough information in enough in a, in an appropriate length of time, as far as he's concerned. But yeah. Anyway, this caused a little bit of drama. He had to rearrange travel and flights, and uh, it's really sweet. I'm actually um, going to officiate a wedding that is one of my first probably five or ten clients I ever had. That's amazing. She met her fiancé, and their, um, she met her fiancé while we were originally working together, and we worked on and off for the better part of five years. Awesome. And so I'm going to officiate their wedding, but it's an Aspen. It's not super easy. The whole plot process isn't all that easy. Yeah. And Jordan is just like, he's being himself and wanting to like organize everything and get the flights in order and the hotels and all that. I'm like, I don't have the information yet. I don't have the information yet. And that's not good enough for him. And so he jumped the gun and he booked some things. And then I got the information and then he had to rearrange it all. And that just like, I could feel it was starting to boil. Yeah. And so I went downstairs and we have um, we have a really lovely lady that comes in, hangs out with us a couple of times a week and helps us with house things and cooks for us and uh, does errands and all that. And she was in the kitchen. She's younger than us. She's probably maybe 23, 24 and just getting into personal development. And so um, she watches our dogs. It's, it, she's lovely. And so she's in the kitchen and I also take a stance of, I'm not gonna hide our conflict from the world. Like I, when my mom's around, my mom's in town and Jordan and I get in a little bit of a, a kind of tense moment. I embrace it as it's, I take it in stride because I think for both Jordan and I, our parents hid mm-hmm. or they were blatant in your face. So like my mom, I never knew really what was going on because it was don't do that in front of her. Okay. So I never saw a healthy conflict happen. It just like disappeared. Yep. Conflict just wasn't around. Yeah. I was just angry by myself, not knowing how to make it you know, happen. But, um, so we will have our moments of tension and we'll let it be in front of people because we have so much faith that we'll navigate it with mostly, mostly neutralized nervous systems. Mm. So we had, um, her name's Camille at the house and she was cooking and Jordan and I sat at the table and how we fight is very, when someone's speaking, the other listens. And if there's an interruption or, or like a motion to interrupt, it's, I'm not done yet, but everything is, is calm. Yeah. I like that. Everything is calm because my default is for me, my personality pattern is aggressive. So my, I get frustrated or I get tense in my system and it feels like rah out to people. Yeah. When Jordan gets that tension, he 
uh, I think his personal personality pattern is he collapses. So his energy collapses on itself. So I get big and he is, I'll do whatever it takes for you to just stop being so big. And we're perfectly matched. Yeah. This is how relationships go. So when people are like perfect match, yeah, my crazy matches your crazy in just the right way. It's like puzzle pieces. Yeah. Right. So like I get big and you get small. So we know that this dynamic plays out. And so we do our best to try and not. So he'll comment when I start getting in this kind of aggressive kind of way. And if I start getting a little bit aggressive and I have the understanding, the self-awareness to know I'm doing it and I see him start to like go in on himself, I go, don't collapse. Because ultimately I don't want that. If he collapses and gives in to whatever I'm doing or saying, it's a, it wrecks our polarity. And it's, we, that's, I win, not our relationship wins. So. Yeah. We want to work this thing out. So we're back to neutral and we're in loving. Yeah. Flow with each other again. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm very similar. If I get in conflict, I, I can feel myself starting to withdraw and I have to like consciously like stay in it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's challenging. Yeah. I've playfully said to Jordan, don't, don't let me get away with what I'm doing right now. Wow. I can't stop myself. Like there's levels of self-awareness, right? There was a time in my life I had no idea that I was doing what I was doing. Now I have awareness and then I would, so I would do the thing and then I would remember after I'd realize it after, Oh fuck, I did the thing. Now I'm able to, and just over years of knowing and learning, I've closed the gap, closed the gap, closed the gap. So now I can witness myself doing it in real time and I still can't stop myself. (laughs) Human beings are so wild. It's fucked up. Yeah, I still can't stop myself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, don't let me get away with this. Don't back down, you know, so. Relationships, man. Yeah. Tricky, hard, challenging, but so much beauty comes from all of that. Yeah. That's awesome. Should we answer some questions? I think so. Let's do it. Yeah. That was awesome. Great. Uh, I had no idea we were going to talk about all that. I didn't either. (laughs) I was just really (laughs) curious. Uh, Let's see. Do you have any, I just want to ask this first. Do you have any questions that you always see or people always ask you, like just the top one or three that always gets asked off the top of your head? And if you don't, I just, I was just curious if you. Yeah. I mean, people reach out to me and want to know how they can get their partner to basically do more with them. So how can I, what's the best way to approach my partner about dot, dot, dot. So a lot of it, a lot of it is how do I enroll my partner into exploring more? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a big one. Uh, occasionally I get, well, it's not occasionally like whenever I do like an ask me anything, I do get, it's just different percentages of these questions. Like I'll get a big percentage of that and then I'll get a little bit less percentage of lack of libido. Mm-hmm. and and being uninspired yeah yeah or the partner wants it more or less than they do what do i do yeah yeah i yeah, so I see this in all the questions so let's ask that question when two people are in a relationship you know and i imagine they haven't been doing these check-ins and it's been 10 years later and now they want to communicate how do they even begin to start to ask or make requests and they haven't been doing that for a good portion of the relationship and how do you begin? Because I imagine as more time goes on, things get sensitive, more sensitive, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Sensitiver. Sensitiver. Yes. Definitely. I've heard it called. No. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Specifically about sex stuff? Like someone. Well, I think it could be general. Like, yes, sex, but also 
I think that how to have a hard conversation about sex really gives you the tools to how to have a hard conversation about anything. Yeah. Because sex and intimacy is yeah. the most vulnerable mm -hmm. in some ways you can be with another person. Expressing your desires, like that's a really, that's probably maybe one of the most vulnerable things you could share. Yeah. You know, being tied up or wanting this licked or wanting somebody to wear this thing or whatever it might or be. Or just wanting it at all. Like just wanting yeah. it to happen at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's really sensitive. It's a really sensitive subject for so many people. Yeah. And a lot of times people are told that they need to find a partner that checks a bunch of boxes mm -hmm. and that one of the boxes that's a bonus box is sex. Mm -hmm. So check their like, income. Like they're check good at their, sex. Well, it's mostly like, check what do they do what are their goals let's match up on all these things yeah and then sex winds up being like an additional thing that's thrown in like yep. i'm looking for all these other things first yeah and then well i guess we can work with it when it comes to sex yeah. or it's okay yeah. at the beginning because it's frequent so as time goes by a lot of times that all these other things that were the primary reasons why the relationship was forged, sex, kind of like a afterthought, eventually over time winds up being one of the primary reasons why the relationship will end. Wow. Because it's a symptom of a lot of things. And so, but a lot of times when there's there's complete disconnection and and they're not able to meet each other, when it comes to sex, uh sometimes I don't want to say it's too far gone, but sometimes that is the case where there's just there's so much work to do that the average couple's not going to be willing to do it. It's it's in some ways I think people resolve to the fact that it's just easier to move on than it is to go back 10 years of time like you mentioned. Yeah. In that example, 10 years of time and and de-kink in not a fun way. Yeah. What is what is harboring um or what's inhibiting our flow together so in our desire for each other and our want to play and connect and be intimate in that way so it is a hard it is a hard conversation and i will say that it's one that you will have possibly so imagine it's 10 years in and how many conversations you didn't have in order to get to the place that you're in how many times you didn't speak up for yourself or your partner didn't speak up for themselves? How many times you brushed something under the rug? How many times you ignored something? How many times you acted out? Insert so many things and just compile that all up. That is, all of that is waiting to be dealt with. Yeah. So when you start, know that the 7 million conversations that you didn't have, and 7 million is kind of a lot. Okay, so like 100,000, 1,000. Yeah. Many, many, many. <laughs> yeah. Many, many. So you got to be willing to unpack. You have to be willing to go yeah. go through a lot of those things. And so the first conversation that you have about this stuff, it's probably not, I don't want to say it's for sure not going to go the way you want it to, <laughs> but it's a high prob probability if yeah. the way that you want it to go is you've never been this way before and you sit down with your person and you want them to go, oh, I want to give you everything that you want when that hasn't been the case for 10 years. Yeah. So know that there's going to be um, defensiveness. There's probably going to be some victim stuff going on. Like, well, if you would do this and our lives would be better, that's victim or yeah. well, I tried and you didn't defensiveness. So like know that some of those things are probably going to come up. Mm -hmm. 
And if you can choose ahead of time and set the container, so a start and an end, Mm -hmm. when I say container, that's we're going to sit down and we're intentionally going to have this conversation. We're going to have this conversation either as long as it takes and then we're going to have an ending or we're going to do this for an hour or two hours and be done and move on. Mm -hmm. Um, Because then otherwise, like I mentioned before, like it starts bleeding into all kinds of things and you're trying to make dinner and like put the kids to bed and all of a sudden this conversation is back up. Like you, you need to have boundaries around it. That way it doesn't consume your, your life and your mental state. So um, know that when you go to have that combo, it's probably one of many, many, many that you're going to have to have. And you, it might feel hard, harder, the hardest. Why did I decide to even broach this subject? And then it might feel a bit better. And then it might feel really fucking hard again. Yeah. And then a little bit better. And then like kind of in the middle hard and then lighter. And then you'll have a breakthrough where you're really seeing each other and you feel really expressed in a lot of other ways. So you feel safe with the person again to express sexually. Yeah. Yeah. Great complex it is yeah no but that i think that's a good uh mindset to have going into it that you're going to unbox many things and you need to be prepared that there will be many hard conversations and it's going to be an ongoing process yeah it's not as simple as ask these three questions and you can get what you want for sure right for sure and that's a lot of the work that we do too is holding people through that you know sometimes now we i don't promotes that we work with couples in crisis. If, if a couple comes to us and they are, you know, if this doesn't get better by the end of next week, we're divorcing. You're not my client. Yeah. I need you to go see licensed family marriage therapist first, get really familiar with your shit. And then I like to describe it as people go to, to therapy just to make it easier for them. Go to therapy to work on your past. Come to me when you're ready to work on your future. Um, and, and it's, like goal setting and strategizing and um, new information. And we're doing this from a place of curiosity and fun and play. And then, uh, you know, whenever I encourage people to go to therapy before they come see us, you know, cause we're a group of coaches, therapists, counselors, yeah, but we all have the same kind of take on the clients that we work with, but I tell them to go there first so that they can get really familiar with what sets them off what triggers them, what causes them to react in certain kinds of ways. And a lot of people get that knowledge and that information through therapy. Mm-hmm. So it works really well if they go to therapy first and then they come to work with us in, in coaching because it looks a little bit different. But yeah. sometimes we do work with people that they're not going to divorce next week, but it's crunchy. Like it's real crunchy. We're on a downward spiral. Yeah. And we have some good days and we have some bad days. We're just now getting to a place where we're about equal good and bad. We were at more bad than good. We'd like to be more good than bad. For sure. And so we'll, we will, I don't know if mediate's really the right word, but we'll give them, we'll be the touch point, the unbiased touch point in mm-hmm. between those conversations where it's what are, what else are we missing? Cause you know, if you want to save your, your relationship, throw everything at it, mm-hmm. throw everything that you can possibly throw at it, that you can feasibly throw at it to save it if it matters. Yeah. Yeah. And if it matters and you're stoked that it matters, throw everything at it so that it's even better. And also give yourself breaks to just be. Yeah. You can't be in the heat of it yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Step by step. Nice yeah, and slow. I kick people out of the nest all the time. Like, no, I have no more to teach you. Go do. <laughs> Go do that really well for a while. Yeah, just, just, yeah. Wax on, wax off for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you learn other things. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll take it up a whole other notch. Yeah. 
And then the libido question. Yeah. I imagine you get, like you said, a lot of people where one person's libido is very low or very high and having the communication of how do we come together and have the amount of sex I want to have or I want less sex. So I guess the first question is, you know, if you have a low libido, why could that be and how do you help people increase? And I imagine there's a whole list of hormones and stuff, but probably a lot of it's in the head, right? The majority. And it's the connection, right? Mm -hmm. So tell me about... The majority of libido challenges have to do, or sexual function mm -hmm. is from the is in the mind. Yeah. The vast majority. That's why people are like, something must be wrong. I don't understand. They just don't feel in the mood. They don't feel in the mood. They don't feel in the mood. You know what? I'm going to go to my doctor. I'm going to just get my hormones checked. And they almost hope that something's wrong. So then it would explain it. Yeah. But their panels are fine. Everything's functioning. I mean, of course, like there's always something you can do in health that's a little bit better than. For sure. Know, um, or, or you get on still, hormones unnecessarily. Or you get on hormones unnecessarily. I see a lot of women with, with low libido wind up uh, taking testosterone. I see it too. And yeah. using testosterone creams, suppositories. Um, and it was funny because I've, I've had a client that when we were, when we initially started working together, she mentioned that in her previous marriage that she was so lacking in her libido and couldn't understand it. And two kids married in the teens years and wound up with testosterone this whole process. And then she said, as soon as we split, all of a sudden my sex drive came back. Wow. It was, it wasn't, I don't want to have sex. It's, I don't want to have sex with you. So get him to read an erotic novel, get him to go see a sexy movie, put on some kind of maybe porn or whatever, like catch them in these different experiences or all of a sudden, like they're sexual, they're functioning. They're just not functioning with the person that yep. they've agreed is the only person that they'll it's funny in my brain. I heard Jordan say bump uglies. <laughs> so ridiculous. I just can't get him out of my brain now. He's the only person that you want to exchange general touching with. Yeah. You know, yep. so that that's that's definitely a thing. So everything that we just spoke about, mm -hmm. like if you're stifled and your expression is is stifled and you're feeling repressed and you're feeling like you can't be all of who you are inside of your partnership, then of course that's going to affect if you want to have sex with the person that you're married to or you're in a relationship with. Yeah. So I think it was um, kind of famously joked about that. Oh, if you want those lips to open, get those lips to open first. Something like that. Meaning like get her to, if she's Speak. sharing and yeah. she's communicating yeah. with you, then go there first. Got it. Speak first. I like that. Yeah. Express here first. Yeah. I mean, the larynx uh, looks almost if you see a, a, an image of the larynx and an image of uh, the I believe it's the vagina. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's the vulva or if it's the cervix. It might be the cervix. Either way, there's some images of both of those, um, not just cartoon images, but actual. This is what the larynx looks like inside yeah. of the body. And this is what the it's either the vulva or the cervix. And they look almost identical. Wow. And they're connected. Like this is a straight down spinal column, the nerve endings that go from the brain down the spine. I mean, there's just, there's so much interconnectedness. So it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So a good place to begin to get your libido up is start communicating. Yeah. Start yeah. sharing. Yeah. Or, you know, if you're a guy, you know, start to create space where she feels like she can share and listen. Absolutely. And then actually actively listen. Yeah, actively not listen. passively not be listen. Like, I'm listening for 15 minutes. Is this working? Are you ready to take your clothes ready? off now? Ready? Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. I think that there's there's definitely more to the libido conversation. You know, somebody yeah. has to feel safe and and uh, yeah, in general, and and even just saying someone has to feel safe sounds boring to me. Yeah, that doesn't mean be boring. Yeah, that means you're safe to be fully wild with. Totally. Like you're, I can be all of who I am mm -hmm. in your presence. Um, but you know, Jordan, Jordan recently did some hormone stuff and found out that his free testosterone was a little bit low. And so he's like, has stuff that he's adding to his smoothies and he's on his peptide thing and whatever. So there's, there are some legitimate things that could be affecting mm -hmm. actual you can always Drive. optimize, yeah. yeah. But it sounds like yeah. there should be at least a base of, yes. I have desire for you, you have desire for me. Yeah. Right? And both parties, I, I'm like trying to, trying to, I want to add something that's a little bit sexier mm. into describing that. So the other thing is I think I want my husband to be sexually satisfied. When he's sexually satisfied, everything works way better in our relationship. For sure. So it's smart. It, behoo I, it behooves me to make sure that that man is satisfied or satiated sexually. And that doesn't mean that we have sex as much as he would like to have it. Cause I, we have other shit to do. <laughs> like he's just ready to go all the time, <laughs> Yeah, you know? So, um, you know, I know that. And so I take an active role in, I also, I want to be seduced and I want to make sure he feels wanted because it doesn't feel good to be pursuing a partner constantly where it feels like I'm the, you know, I'm sure people who are listening know the times where either they've been on one side or the other, where it feels like they're the one that's always the one that's doing the seducing, that's initiating yeah. and it can be tiresome. And, it, and then eventually if you get shut down enough and it's like, well, fine, fuck, I'll just be over here whenever you're ready. And then both yeah. parties are not expressed. That sucks too. Yeah. So to just know, just know the humanness in it. In it and try to date each other and swoon and court and, um, you know, and that, uh, that feels like some basic sex coaching mumbo jumbo, but it's true. Basics it's are, true. are what all good things are built on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then people that, that, you know, couples that want to have one person wants to have sex often. One person doesn't want to have sex as much, but they're both satisfied when they do have sex. How do you come to an agreement or have that conversation? Come to an agreement. <laughs> How do you come to an agreement? Uh, that's oftentimes looked at as, well, some people consider like sexual incompatibility. I hear that term being thrown around. Like maybe we're just not compatible. You want it six times a week and I want it three times a month. Mm -hmm. That's a definitely a, a, a mismatch yeah. in a sense uh, if it's that big of a difference. But if it's you want it, four to five times a week and I want it two to three times a week, then that's much easier to manage. Yeah. Or if you want it four times a week and I want it one time a week, that's a, that's a little challenging. That's more challenging, you know? Um, so that is a subject or a topic that people can get really creative with, but it oftentimes is challenging to the, to one of the people. So, you know, sometimes in relationships, the thought of your partner masturbating or self-pleasuring, the thought of them doing that feels like, well, why would you go do that when you, I'm here? But that's not, that's not the same thing. One is self-pleasure and one is sex with your person. Totally. They have two completely different roles that, that they 
fulfill. Now, if you find yourself masturbating in order to avoid having sex with your person, then that's a whole other subject. Definitely. So if it's, you know, your person has a higher, whether it's a higher sex driver, just wants more frequency in sex than you, then what are ways that you can celebrate them in self-pleasuring in order to get that release where you feel as involved as you want to feel? Mm -hmm. Or if you're on the side of feeling that way, that your person doesn't want it as much as you do, then what are ways that you can feel good about that where you get the release where it still feels like you're connected to your person and connected to yourself? And that is going to look different for everybody. Yeah. Everybody's going to vary so widely. Yeah. And is it actual, the act of sex, is that what's going to scratch that itch, so to speak? Or is it something else? Are there other ways outside of just penetration that will have the person who wants it more frequently? What do you want more frequently? Do you want actual penetrative sex more frequently? Or do you just want to be in your sexual energy? Do you want to be playing with that? Or do you want actually, like, do you want to have an orgasm? Like, what are the things that you want? Do you want to be with your significant other every one of those times? So get really clear on what it is that you actually want as far as the frequency goes. And then you have more language and more ideas to play around with. Yeah, that's really good. How do you introduce, you know, I know you talked a little bit about Dom Sub last time, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, how do you begin introducing like bondage and... uh, tying up and all of that into uh, an experience. I mean, do you often do that? I know you've made quite a few TikToks hmm? on, I think you had one TikTok of submissive positions. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's a, an Instagram feed post. Instagram feed post. Yeah. What, what was that called again? Uh, poses or? Yeah, postures. 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 Yeah. What, you, what are you curious about? That's what I'm curious about. Okay, what's the question? <laughs> how do you begin to introduce okay, it? Okay, how do yeah. you begin to introduce it? Okay. Also, a very nuanced, every relationship is going to be a little bit different, but if there's a desire for any level of dominance and submission, power control kind of play, mm-hmm. um, topping, bottoming, which are a little bit different than dominance and submission. Um, and this is, a, this is a pretty large can of worms, but I'll try to do my best and answering it where your listeners have marching orders of sorts, you know? Perfect, yeah. Yeah, so you need to know what kind of DS you're into. So mm-hmm. DS, dominance, submission, it's often abbreviated, capital D, forward slash, little s. So find out what kind of energy you're most called to. Is it more on the dominant side? Is it more on the submissive side? Do you feel equal opportunity employer and you are a switch? Occasionally, I find people who say, oh, I like both, but that's because they don't really know themselves that deeply yet. And so sometimes I meet true switches and you can like tell they're down for anything. Like I will do anything you say. I'm ready to go. That's not all switches, but they're just down for whatever the the scenario kind of calls. And then some people have much more of an inclination one or the other. So I believe that in order to be really good at either role, it means exploring the opposite role. So like really great doms know what it's like and have felt what it's like to be in the submissive position so that they know what they're instructing and they know what they're doing and vice versa. Um, Submissives, I think sometimes if they don't find, if they can't, if it's hard for them to get in a more dominant role, then they're not really sure how, just how much of a, 
of a weight of responsibility that position can feel like. It can feel like a, a dominant character has done, uh, someone who's playing the dominant role can feel like they were working. Like it's, it's a, lot of, a lot to focus on to be holding someone for X amount of time. And so in order for them to really grasp what's going on on the other side, it's good to just experience it. Cool. Um, so my, um, my recommendation would be to explore first with what, what side of this, what side of the spectrum do you want to play on? Even just first. So there's a test it's called, or quiz, it's called bdsmtest.org, which I might've mentioned on the last show, but bdsmtest.org. And that will give you percentages as to what type of, I mean, the site, I didn't make it. It's kind of typical. It's like black yeah. with white writing and red. Yeah. And it says, what kind of sexual deviant are you? I'm just, <laughs> one day we'll make our own quiz yeah, that's yeah. like this. Um, but for now, this one does the trick and it, and it's, you know, it tests what kind of sexual deviancy you might be interested in. Deviancy is just outside of the norm. What kind of kinky things um, might you be interested in? So I would say start there and get an idea of just how committed to your vanilla are you and just how interested in experimenting an experimentalist like how where are you on the spectrum it can be challenging for relationships when one person is 100% vanilla 100 90% monogamous and all these you know and then the 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 percentage goes way down after that and it's like 50% voyeur it's like there's not really anything in between and then it just steadily drops down until it's like slave daddy mm. all that is like zero 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 okay and it's like wait what i wanted you to do this test so i could find out what else is going on in there but they're committed to this is what's right and this is what's for me but i i really think that for people that don't have a, a colorful profile on the other side their chances are they're talking themselves out of things that they may actually have an interest in and so anyway it can be a little challenging if you have the color, like the 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 rainbow, a smorgasbord of things that you could be interested in, and your partner is like, "I just like it, like the normal way." Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we're in a relationship, so like, there's a meeting in the middle. Yep. Where you, we're gonna meet in the middle, right? Because one partner can feel really frustrated by doing the same thing over and over again, which a lot of times is connected to what I experience for a lot of women is their lack of libido. Women have the same sex drive. It's high, just like, I, I don't want to say just like men. I don't want to necessarily compare. They have their own, they want to fuck too. Women want to fuck too. Have you ever seen a thirsty woman? They're all over. They're all over social media. I see them. They want attention. <laughs> and, and like, I am one. Like, I want that too. Mm -hmm. But when I don't want it is if I think I'm about to be served the same meal I've had every day of my life for the last few years. Totally. Like, you know what? Actually, I'd rather just skip it. Yeah, I'm good. So you're going to meet in the middle and recreate the menu. So take a look at BDSMtest.org. Get some inspiration from there. And then do some research. Have fun listening to podcasts. Listen to audiobooks. Take it slow. If creating a whole scene where you tie a person up is a 10, and I've used that, I use this on your last show too. What's a two or a three or a four? Like do the baby steps. Yeah, it's not let's, you know what? Oh, you want to be tied up? I think I have, I think I have some rope in the garage. No, no, no. It's not like a, we'll fuck around and figure it out. Like that's dangerous. 
going using rope right away is it can be dangerous. Just like when people are like, well, let's do some little kinky stuff. And that's like an ass slap or like maybe a little butt stuff or choking. For some reason, I hear that a lot where people are like, well, yeah, I'm into some kinky things. Like I like to be choked. And I'm like, that's fucking dangerous. There's only like a handful of things that can happen when you're having sex where you might seriously injure the other person or get seriously injured yourself. And choking's one of them, right? There's a difference between choking and strangulation. Strangulation can be fun. Choking is fun to pretend. Yeah. Right. Or gripping strongly, but not cutting off right, which is blood supply. Strangulation. So, Strangula- so, oh, so that's like what's gripping over here, like gripping um, on the sides of the neck and the back of the neck. And it's kind of like when you, when you think um, of like UFC fighters or like, yeah, I'm going to try really hard right now. I don't know if this is going to work. Yeah. But like they're in like a hole, like a chokehold, or they're yeah. in like, they're, yeah. they're being certain, there's certain pressure. They're that's not being, pushing on the esophagus. They're not pushing on where you're, where they're breathing. They're yeah. pushing on the nerves that have blood flow to the brain. So then you feel kind of lightheaded and that kind of thing. But that also can cause a person to pass out. But like choking, if you push on the esophagus, then you could potentially really hurts somebody. Yeah, that's dangerous. It's dangerous, sure. yeah. right? A lot and of so, communication. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But how can you communicate if you're having your throat be pressed on? And you haven't talked about that's something you're going to try. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just it's just really interesting. Like there's so much to talk about and a lot of people yeah. think that if we talk about this and it's going to take the mystery out. Well, okay, we keep having your boring sex. Yeah. Cuz that's not how you get to more exciting, communicative, full of consent kind of dynamics is if you just kind of let's just see what happens. I can tell you what's going to happen. The same thing that happened last time. If we just see what happens, depending, depending on the people, some people really have like a creative mind. They're shape shiftery. Like they just can easily be down for just about anything Yeah, and their imagination. But I don't see that that much. Yeah. I see more bored people. You got to, you have to, it sounds like you need to set an intention and have a little bit of a discussion, but doesn't mean, yeah. Yeah. And then let it go. And then maybe next time you're intimate, you have a little bit of a game plan. Yeah. And also curb expectations. Cause if you have a conversation, it was last week that there's something that you want to try. And then all of a sudden you're about to get hot and heavy this week and you're expecting something from that conversation to translate, but you didn't talk about it. And then you get disappointed when it doesn't. Just, know how humaning works if you can preemptively take care of some of that do it so what do you recommend having a conversation kind of right before it depends yeah 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 it depends have conversations all the time just like you talk about anything talk about the sex you want to have or the sex you might want to have or the sex that you're looking forward to or your favorite sex you've already had with that person preferably unless what you like what you don't like all that yeah 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 that's awesome. Yeah, it's a lot of talking. My job is a lot of talking. I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, shit, we could keep going, but I know you got a hard Good. stop in a couple minutes. Tell me where we find you. Yeah. Any of the retreats you want to promote? I'd love to you know, yeah. throw those out there. Yeah, yeah. So the other than our in-person experiences that we have going on, the main thing that my company is working on right now is it's called Sex Coach Prep School. So... I never thought that I would be a, I always thought I was going to stay in my sex coaching lane, sex, love, and relationships lane. I made a promise to myself pretty early on that once I cracked the code on how to actually make it be profitable and turn it into a business, Mm -hmm. 
that I wouldn't then start teaching that because that always frustrated me about yeah. personal development. It's like, oh, you had one good year. You're a business coach. You've been in business for two years. Yeah. Like, I'm not trusting you with what I'm doing. Like, yeah. I've had to put in a lot of work to figure this shit out. Totally. But, and there was a time when this person actually is on my team full time now. Um, her name is Serena and she's amazing. You can find her on, on Instagram at spiritual sex coach. But she was in the space of personal development where she would do readings and tarot and runes and it was more spiritual guidance and blended with life coaching. And that was the sessions that she did. Mm. That was very much in line, aligned for her. And she always had an interest in sex coaching, but there was just the general stuff that comes up for people when they're like, I could do that. Is that what gives me the right to do that? What schooling do I need? There's like a whole story that happens, but this was a handful of years ago. And she messaged me and said that one of her clients con was consistently bringing sex oriented questions and frustrations into their sessions. And she was realizing that she was challenged by how to respond to her. She didn't feel fully confident. And also what sometimes happens for people who are in personal development as leaders, teachers, trainers, whatever, is that they haven't worked through their own shit to the degree that they can hold somebody else in theirs and not have their nervous system be triggered and activated. And they also might project on how they give advice or guidance. And so I just have noticed this a lot in personal development is that there's a, a major hole in the system where they're lacking sex education because it doesn't matter. I mean, I know for you working with people on their physical fitness at times when you're like, how are you? There's so much going on under the surface. Yes. And a lot of times it's linked to relationships, whether they have love or don't have love or they have a, a broken heart or they're, it's the sex that they're having or they're not having. Like a lot of it is related to relationships and sex and intimacy. Yep. And so she invited me to come on a call uh, and just be there to answer her client's questions in a way that she felt like she couldn't. And it was very basic stuff. Hmm. And I just felt this like kind of twinge in my heart of more coaches need the sex education so that they they can resolve their own stuff and so that they can be better equipped to hold their clients. Um, fast forward a year, I kept putting it on the back burner. I'm not going to do that. Sex coaching for coaches sounds terrible. I just want to stay in my lane. And then eventually, um, eventually the first iteration of sex coach prep school was launched and it was really amazing, um, beyond what I could have imagined. It, it gave a bunch of people permission to say that they actually want to do work specifically in the realms of sex, love, relationships, intimacy. That's fantastic. So we've now run three cohorts. It's a massive program and it's, um, our, the biggest thing that we run now. And it's for people who want to shift from the type of coaching that they're already doing into sex, love, and relationships, or they want to blend it yeah. or they want to get started um, from the beginning. So that's the, that's like our main, main thing that I didn't awesome. touch on earlier. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a really big program and I run it with my CMO and, and also Serena, Brandon, Serena. Um, so that's, that's what's currently really present because we have new freebies that are coming out. So you're like, what are the PDFs and the checklist checklist? I'm like, well, right now they're your ideal client avatar and social media posting for sex coaches. And it's, not what the average everyday person wants, totally. but people who are listening to this that are like, wow, I really wish that I could live my life doing this too. We created, I created slash we created the thing that I needed the most when I first got started because it wasn't available for my niche. Yeah. So, um, retreats and things, sexandlove.co, 
that sex check on Instagram. Um, our retreats, our all women's retreats are filled up to the point of this recording, but we have our men's retreat, which is going to be so fun. I'm not going to be there for obvious reasons, unless I all of a sudden decide to identify as a man before it happens, but I'm not going to, and yeah. I was being playful there, uh, but that's Jordan's gig. Yeah. Um, but we're also hosting sex coaching facilitator trainings too. So awesome. that sex chick is where you can find it. Love it. I always love having conversations with you. Thank you for yeah. coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me again. Yes. Glutton for punishment. Hell yeah. Thank you, Alexa. Guys, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Alexa, thanks for being on the podcast. If you want to follow her or find any of the products or freebies she's got, always check out the show notes. Drop in there, check it out. And please support the podcast. Help us grow this thing leaps and bounds. Like, subscribe, leave a five-star review, and share it with a friend you think will benefit from it. Next week, this week I'm recording, but next week I'll drop episode i'm gonna share my recent ayahuasca experience much different than the one that i did in texas much more traditional much darker much more shadow work and i got a buddy who went to the retreat after me and we're gonna sit down and we're just gonna we're just gonna talk about it and we've only talked about it together for like two minutes in passing so I really don't know what to share or how I'm going to share or what I'm going to say. And I've thought about trying to do a solo episode, thinking and feeling into it, but I think it's best if I have somebody to converse with to really be able to pull out the things that I want to share. So if plant medicine or doing shadow work or any of the areas of personal growth or indigenous culture or you're just curious, you're going to want to listen to that episode. All right, y'all. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.